You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 87th programme of Think Again. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that's been dedicated to social change for over 23 years. I'm Jennifer Burrell and my usual co-host, Shark, won't be with us today, but I'll have a conversation about the need to invest in care work and public good with David Hayward. David is Emeritus Professor of Public Policy at RMIT University. Welcome to the program, David. Thank you, Jennifer. Pleasure to be here. Mm. On the 13th of January, David, you had an article in The Age headed, We Need to Invest in the Public Good, which really pricked our interests, both Jacques and my interests. So in the article, you talked about the Aged Care Royal Commission, which should be releasing its final report in late February. And you argued that we should be investing much more in health care and social assistance, which, of course, we agree with. The Aged Care Royal Commission has meanwhile released an interim report. To quote the government media release, the commission found, quote, the aged care system fails to meet the needs of its older, vulnerable citizens. It does not deliver uniformly safe and quality care, is unkind and uncaring towards older people, and in too many instances it neglects them, end of unquote and didn't we know all that really and of course we all know how neglect of aged care really accelerated COVID infections in Victoria too. So David to start with can you describe the current landscape as you see it particularly the sections of the economy the government's investing in and what you see as under investment in health care and social care and assistance? Yeah, sure, Jennifer. In fact, it's quite an interesting story because the government has got uh, a particular narrative it's pushing, which is it's investing in construction, um, naval ships, um, uh, uh, manufacturing, Mm. um, jobs that we typically associate with blokes. They're blue-collar jobs. Um, They're quite happy to be seen in pubs uh, drinking with blue-collar workers. It could be coal, coal workers up in Queensland. So that's one bit. They say that this is going to be our future, high tech, all that sort of stuff. On the other hand, they're actually spending a lot of money on this area called healthcare and social assistance, which is a broad group. And I'll explain it a little bit in a minute. They're spending a lot of money, but they're not spending enough. So what's happening is that aged care, <clears throat> childcare, um, family violence, mm-hmm. um, social housing, mental health, as you go across all of the sectors that make up that healthcare and social assistance grouping, um, we find 
serious problems with the delivery of the quality of the services that you would wish to see. And it comes back to the workforce, which is underpaid and under-recognised, mm-hmm. grave difficulties recruiting enough people. If yeah. government changed its emphasis and said, look, we want these to be first-class jobs, that's our future. Forget about these other industries, which are most of the ones I've just talked about. Not all of them, but some of them are yesterday's industries. They're not tomorrow's industries. This healthcare and social assistance workforce industry could be a brilliant way to invest money uh, for the benefit of, of, of Australians. Mm. Uh, and that's socially and economically. Yeah, it almost sounds like a no-brainer, doesn't it? It really does. And, Jennifer, what I find interesting, and the reason why I cottoned onto this, about five years ago I was looking at employment statistics and I just couldn't believe it that the fastest-growing area of employment in Australia for the last 20 years and is projected to be for the next five years is, guess what, healthcare and social assistance. There's going to be about 200,000 additional jobs in this area. It's growing at twice the rate of the next fastest. And the areas that the government keeps saying, oh, we prefer it to be here, guess what, employment growth is either negative, as in manufacturing, or tiny, as in mining. Yeah. (laughs) So, David, uh, in your article... You criticise a also you criticise a privatised model of aged care provision, and but also in other areas like disability, childcare, mental health, social housing, and homelessness. So, Jacques and I have been quite critical in previous Think Again programs about the growing privatisation of government services and functions. So, what's your take on the privatised model for? providing healthcare and social assistance. What would you say about that? Well, it's the thing, the, the bit that I don't think works very well is the, if you, I, I'm not sure that marketization is a sensible way to proceed with these services because of the nature of the people that require the services. Um, <clears throat> once you go down that path and you marketize and you allow private players in, you, you enable those players to start spending up big on the sales effort. Mm. Um, it's not so much about the quality of service provision. In fact, so what you can see when reviews are done, they'll go, typically they go, oh, my goodness, look at all that money that's spent on marketing. And then look how much you're spending on workforce, which is not good enough, you know. Yeah. It's too little. And then if you look a little bit deeper, the big fastest growing area of expenditure in those marketised, privatised social services, it's property development, Jennifer, property wow. development. You know, like, so in fact, your listeners, next time they're driving around Melbourne, have a look at the, the things that they're calling childcare centres popping up around the place, pretty spectacular buildings. Mm. It's because there's a heck of a lot of money um, to be made from renting out property for childcare. And the reason for that is because mm-hmm. the government is tipping a huge and increasing amount of subsidy and it's being siphoned off into purposes for which it was never intended. Mm. So are you saying that their business model it's, might not be so much actually providing the aged care or providing the childcare services? They're using that money to speculate in property or make profit from property is that what you're saying to make money from property development yeah that's and there's there's now there's now um trusts property trusts big property trusts and what they're doing is that they're building the the, basically the property that will be used by that healthcare and social assistance sector could be childcare, could be hospitals, could be disability services, accommodation. Um, and so that money that was intended to provide the services is actually leaking out into the pockets. And, you know, the other thing that's interesting is that often those private providers, and it could be, um, uh, as an example, childcare, often the directors and the senior executives are blokes 
employing mm. and uh, being paid very well, not disclosed in their public reporting how much, mm. uh, employing women, typically women, on very low wages um, and in working in precarious conditions. The whole thing is just all out of kilter and all wrong. All the signals are all wrong. And, of course, it's our money. It's our taxpayers' money and our Commonwealth that's funding that business model of property speculation, which is disguised, really, it sounds like, as aged care, child care and other social support services. It, 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 look, it very much is. And what, what interests me is that we go from one Royal Commission to another one. So right now we've just seen a wind-up of the Aged Care Royal Commission. That began with the damning indictment of the system we've constructed over the last 20 years. And by the way, there's never been, that, that system we've constructed, that marketised, privatised model where half of the beds are provided by privates and there's a couple of really huge ones, um, that's never gone to the people. It never went to the people in an election. We never voted mm, on that. No. that. That's just been... You know, the Productivity Commission typically looks at something and makes recommendations. The public servants pick up those recommendations and they're put through in between elections. So Mm. what we've ended up with is something, even in a democracy like ours, where we haven't had a say right across this system. We just haven't had a say. You're right. It just seemed to have happened over the years or been introduced and happened over the years, but I can't remember big public debates about whether we should be going this direction at all. No, it's just that at the end of it, when we have the inevitable Royal Commission or in aged care, we've had about, I don't know, 12 major inquiries over the last however long. Mm -hmm. None of the recommendations being picked up or going, this is terrible, we've got to fix it. And, you know, it's like the bandwagon cannot be stopped. Um, And I think it needs to be stopped because that money should end up being used for the purposes to which it's been allocated. It's not about private operators making a return for shareholders. Mm. It, it should not be about that. That is right. No. I remember, right, you know, Jennifer, the other really interesting thing at the moment, guess what? Governments can borrow money at near zip interest rates, mm. right? Yeah. So why would we be paying a return to a private investor of 12% if we can build it for zip? Yeah, that's a very good question, uh, David. We'll now go to some music and we'll continue the discussion after the music. But firstly, just a reminder to VCR listeners, sorry, not VCR, 3CR listeners, to subscribe to keep the station going. We know you value independent community media and radical radio because you're listening to us and we really need your help to keep our precious 3CR on air. You can subscribe online at www.3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call 3CR on 9419 and press 1. Otherwise, without alternative media, we are really without voice. Our tongues are removed, our ears are blocked, And we see no way for collective understanding and action. And on that note, here's some music called Without Voice by Andrea Keller. Thank you. 
Luke Sinclair. Raised by eagles. Subscribe to the most important form of media that we have here, not only in this town but in the, in the country, because uh, without community radio, you're only going to hear what um, somebody wants you to hear and, and not what is actually uh, really going on uh, around you. So not only that, they support independent musicians and without community radio, most of us would not have a voice at all. So I just like to personally say thank you 3CR for, for giving uh, artists like myself an identity and a voice in this town. Uh, long live community radio. Subscribe, people subscribe. Keep it alive. Thank you very much, Joe. Thanks All right. All the best. Uh, Safe journey. You too. Subscribe to 3CR in 2021. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 94198377. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today I'm interviewing David Hayward, Emeritus Professor of Public Policy at RMIT University, about the need to invest in our caring sector and caring work and the public good. So David, to continue our discussion, in your article in The Age titled, We Need to Invest in Care Corp, you linked the government's underinvestment in care and support work with precarious, casualised and underpaid work done by women. I know you already have commented on that, on that but would you like to expand on it a bit? Yeah, it's again, it's this issue that if you go down the path of marketising and privatising, well, then your biggest single cost is wage labour then it stands to reason you're going to try and keep wages low. And that's what we see as a characteristic right across the sector. Look at the NDIS where they've got massive problems with casualisation, very high turnover, very difficult to recruit people. In childcare, it's... um, I think at the moment, I might be wrong, but I, I have. I think it's a 1,000 childcare centres across the country are technically in breach of accreditation standards because they don't have suitably qualified employees. Wow, how um, many? I, I think it's a 1,000. I, I, might, I, I might be wrong, but it's okay. it's a lot. It's a large There's a large number of childcare centres that actually lose accreditation during the course of the year. Mm. Um, <clears throat> this is not a very good model <laughs> that we've got. Mm. This is not very sensible. And if you look at the accreditation systems, the, regist- the accreditation systems they put in place across the sector, they're all lacking in teeth and mm. the capacity to monitor and protect um, the end users of the services is severely limited. In the case of edu- aged care, it's really clear, particularly the previous regulator that was um, done away with a few years ago, um, it was captured by the industry. Mm. It, there's just no doubt it was captured by the industry. It's serving no real purpose at all except to give a, an appearance of doing something. Yeah. Um, this, so, this, so if you go back to childcare, for anybody who wants to just have a look at what I'm talking about, have a look at the, at the, the childcare standards, the regulator, what they publish. Have a look at a couple of childcare centres. They've usually got a name like Happy Campers Childcare or mm. Fruity Loops, you know, really <laughs> innocuous names. Mm. Have a look at the websites. You'll see that most of them, the private ones, most of them are... Um, have got they're kind of working towards their accreditation standards or are mm. around there. Very few of them exceed the standards. Mm. It's a very lax system, and mm. we're talking about children, and we're talking yeah. about really early education of children. 
It's wrong, yeah, Jennifer. Yeah, it's just wrong. Oh, it's an appalling situation and really um, I am wondering why it's really alarming and I am wondering why aren't we talking about this more but, of course, I suppose it's this general uh, mainstream ideology that the private market does it best and let's put our money in private hands and let them handle it with just uh, with the some blind belief that the benefits are just going to trickle to everyone. Hmm. It's, it's a particular model that is especially popular at the Commonwealth level. And look, it's not all bad news. There's some bits of the sector that have actually be a, a, mm. a model for us to follow. And the one that I have in mind is um, family violence reform mm. in Victoria. And it took a Royal Commission, but the Royal Commission said, hey, you know what, this sector isn't going to work very well unless we invest in the workforce, put, put the pay rates up to where they need to be and make sure that people are uh, educated and trained to deal with the very difficult people that yeah. they're serving. Yeah. Um, and the Victorian government said, yep, we're going to do that, and they've done it, you know, and that's, yeah. that's a terrific model. But you know what it does, so Jennifer? You fix one little silo and then you create further problems for all the other ones that are still struggling under the old regime. Yeah, so perhaps that could be used as an exemplar. It's interesting, it is, yeah. it's interesting you refer to, you've referred to the Family Violence Commission because um, the, uh, the Commission talked about the need for long-term investment in the public good. It saw the workforce as crucial too, I think. And yep. I did note that the arguments in your article were mostly framed in economic terms in the actual article, but you also, yeah. of course, seem to be making very much an ethical argument for investment in what you call uh, healthcare and social assistance industry. So I'd like to ask you, we are coming to the close to the end of the program, but I'd like to ask you if you see the benefits for the economy as most important, or have you framed your argument strategically that way in that article for legitimacy purposes, not to, for example, not to be seen as a bleeding heart, you know, worrying about caring for other people? No, I think it's actually genuinely both. I think if you think about this as a very large employer and a big section of the economy, you know, we, we almost do no research into productivity in the services. Now, you think about productivity in aged care, and it's actually not like producing a widget or a car. It's very complex. Mm. Um, but given that we're actually putting so much money into it, it would make sense because I think what you'll see is that if you start investing in aged care, and so people are treated probably, they don't go, go into residential facilities too early, they're kept at home. As soon as there's a, pr a problem with mobility, there's early intervention, people are happier, um, they mm -hmm. live longer lives, productivity yeah. lifts, right? It's yeah. difficult to measure, but that's a good thing for everybody. And I think we need to be thinking about this sector in those economic terms. But mm -hmm. there's something really important about the sector too, Jennifer, which is the ethics that underpins the interventions. We don't talk about it much here in Australia, but in Europe and the US it's bigger, but it's the ethics of care, not mm -hmm. human rights, which is a separate consideration, but mm -hmm. there's an ethic of care that we can all learn from and it provides a wonderful insight. Um, it comes out of actually some great feminist research over the last 20 years and a wonderful way of trying to look at the way we interact with other human beings mm -hmm. um, to lift uh, the way we all carry out our lives for the for the common good. That's a wonderful opportunity. You're not going to get that in manufacturing. You're not going to get that in construction. But here you could be pursuing a very noble uh, vision um, mm. with, with long-term benefits for everybody, not just economic yeah. but social. Yeah, I like the sound of that. And, of course, on this program, Jacques and I have talked a lot about re relationality, that we need to um, elevate that as something that we aspire to and want to achieve 
yes. to have positive and enriching relationships with each other, um, acknowledging that we all actually live and survive and thrive in a network of living relationships. So the relationality is really important. Um, and the, con- yeah, and so the I really conversation. Like- mm-hmm. and, and the conversation. So the conversation between the carer and the cared for and, mm. uh, and, and, and structuring things so that um, mm. both sides of the party's voices are, are heard. You know, yeah. Instead of setting it up to silence and just deliver cheaply as possible like it's a factory that's a yeah. bad system yeah <laughs> but if you hear what i'm saying you can see well this is a fantastic opportunity isn't it like we've got the ndis mm-hmm. got, we're going to have big investment in aged care it's happening in child more and more you could flip that on its head and you could become the envy of the world you know mm-hmm. people could go look at australia what they've done with this brand new industry they, they've kind of come from nowhere to show us how it's done Oh, David, we'd really like to, I'm sure, have you on the program to talk more about that. Uh, We'll go to a promo now and we'll come back after that. So it's up to us, the people. We need a treaty in this country. We need the end to the war in this country. And the only way we can do that is through a peace treaty. Not the one you see in Victoria, not the one you see in Queensland, not the one you see in the Northern Territory, because they talk treaty and still lock our people up. They still kill our people. They still desecrate our land and our water. A treaty means peace. A treaty means equality. And a treaty means justice. Thank you. Subscribe to 3CR in 2021. Feed Radical Radio. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 94198377. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR, 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about the need to invest more in healthcare and social assistance and in caring and having really positive and enriching relationships with each other as as a society. Um, So we're talking about investing more in areas of caring and the public good and not leaving it all to um, the wilds of public profit, I guess. We're fortunate to have David Hayward, Emeritus Professor of Public Policy at RMIT University with us to talk about this. Um, David, we're coming close to the end of the program. I was going to ask you uh, about what you recommend as a remedy, but I think you've probably already done that, but certainly we could have you back um, on another program to uh, talk more about that. Um, yeah, look, very, ha- very happy to, Jennifer. I think, you know, you said to me early on, it's actually a bit of a no-brainer. When you put everything together with the growth in the workforce, um, you look at all the Royal Commissions, all of the costs from inaction oh, yeah. over such a long period of time, like you could suddenly turn what is a really embarrassing, awful situation into a virtue, but you've got to name it. That's yeah. the first thing you've got to do. Stop being so obsessed with 
coal and gas and see an opportunity that is sitting right before our eyes. It's a wonderful opportunity. And do you know what, too? It would be very popular. Thank you. Uh, because mm. it, would, it would be very popular, yeah. Thank you, David. No, you're welcome. That's very well put and I won't try to even elaborate on it. Thanks so much for taking the time today, Dave, to talk about the really need for us to invest much more as a society in social support and healthcare. And we really do need to value caring work much more. And it's great to have mainstream assumptions and ways of doing things challenged, not least the assumption that the private sector always does it best. Mm. And, of course, that's what 3CR is for. So if you want to keep 3CR going, listeners, and have a place for alternative voices and information and alternative analysis like today, please subscribe more than ever. There's a need for independent, community-owned media, media that's free of government bias and commercial influence, media that gives voice to real community interests and helps us cut through the fog and the lies and the obfuscation of much of mainstream commentary. So keep 3CR's alternative voices and views alive and subscribe. You can subscribe online at www.3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or just give 3CR a call on 94198377 and press 1. Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio today. And to our listeners, remember, if you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program, you can email Borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Just put Think Again in the subject line. Our programs are available by podcast and the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Also, thanks to Clive Bourne for technical production and for choosing the music for this program. And thanks for producing today, Clive, thanks for producing a new promo for us, which listeners will have heard at the beginning of the program. Meanwhile, stay tuned for the following program, Jailbreak, which gives a voice to our brothers and sisters in prison. To bring us into this program, we have World Turning by Yothu Yindi. I've been-